Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ. They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. Hope you're having a great afternoon. It's 403 Tigers here producing. We're live and local every weekday, 2 to 6. The Texas Supreme Court is hearing arguments today on a challenge of a new Texas law that prohibits medical professionals from prescribing puberty blockers and hormone treatments to uh, uh, minors who uh, the parents agree should be going through these treatments. Some families have challenged this law. They won on a state district court level. That's now been appealed by the state. It's before the Texas Supreme Court. And Aiden is calling from Leander to weigh in. Aiden, good afternoon. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, it says on the screen you're 16. Is that right? Yeah. What, what are your thoughts on this issue? I think it's completely ridiculous. I think if minors can't decide most of the things in their life and they don't make any important decisions, why should they make an all life-altering decision like this? Do you talk about this issue very much with your peers, fellow students, friends, etc.? I follow politics pretty closely, so usually I'm the one to bring it up. But whenever we bring it up, most of us find it so ridiculous that anyone would ever consider that. Aiden, is there a sense that there are a lot of individuals in your school that are struggling with their sexuality? Or is this mostly, I I hate to say blown out of proportion, but blown out of proportion amongst social media and and a bunch of adults? I would say it's a bit of both because it is blown out of proportion, but because it's blown out of proportion and shoved down our throats so much, kids start to follow that because they want attention or maybe they really do feel that way but the only reason they do is because it's mentioned over and over again what what is the setting where it's mentioned over and over are you referring to school or is it on social media um it's not really mentioned in school but there are um a lot a lot in social media and the news always talks about it and on social media uh, how is it portrayed or characterized um, it's like, like a lot of, you'll see a lot of parents talking about how their kids are, and you know, part of the LGBTQ or whatever. And they, they, it's, I feel like it's a real attention seeker. And, you know, I, I, there are people who really feel that way and I don't judge them. And I'm, I just don't want it to be forced onto me. Yeah. I don't blame you there. When you say attention seeker, are you, I get the impression when you said that, that perhaps it's more so for the parents than the actual kids that are trying to figure this out. I think ultimately it all falls on the parents because if the kid is doing it just because I feel like most of the parents, you know, they're over 18, they should be making smart decisions. But just because you're over 18 doesn't mean you make smart decisions. And so if they're trying to force this on their kid, that's completely wrong. But also when they're, when parents don't give the, their kids the attention they need, kids find other ways to get that attention. And this might be a result of trying to do that. 
Have you encountered anyone uh, in school that says they, they have gender dysphoria and they would like to transition? Uh, there are also, yes, and there's also a couple people who have actually done it at my school. That have transitioned in what way? Just taking the hormone blockers or have actually gone hormone blockers? Surgery? I don't know any specifics, but I do know a lot of people, well, not a lot, but a couple of people who take hormone blockers as well as just, you know, like the opposite gender, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. And, and has, has that recently occurred where they've made that transition? Yeah, um, especially, like, I I was went to a specific middle school, and I had known a kid there, and I hadn't seen them because they went to a different high school, and I'd recently seen them, and they had done that, and I, I just never thought they would be the type of person to do that. Um, they seemed real happy with their gender, and they seemed really happy, but now that we're older, and I feel like it's also been covered in the media, and so we, we are hearing about it a lot more. Well, Aiden, thank you very much. We appreciate your checking in. It's great to hear this perspective from someone who's still in high school. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Thank y'all. Have a good day, Aiden. All right, bye-bye. 512-836-0590. 16-year-old who really follows politics. There you go. Yes, that's great. Way to go, Aiden. Let's go to Stacy on KLBJ. Stacy, I understand you're a nurse. Is that right? I am, and I just wanted to respond to the girl that brought up the five-year-old that went through puberty early and got hormone blockers. The reason that that is okay versus giving somebody who's completely healthy hormone blockers is with any medication that you take, there are potential side effects. And you, you, you look at it, you weigh the risks versus the benefits. It's like saying hey, you know what, let's give a non-cancer patient chemo because, hey, they feel like they got cancer. Even though all test results results say that they don't have cancer, it's like giving them chemo versus giving somebody who has cancer chemo. Chemo is a very toxic drug, but for somebody who has cancer, it can save their life. But if you give it to somebody who doesn't have cancer, it potentially is going to kill them. You don't give somebody who's perfectly healthy, physically healthy, something that can cause, cause them harm. That's that's the difference. And secondly, I totally agree with the other guy. I think his name was John that called. You know, people don't get, they don't mature, fully mature. Their brains don't fully mature until they're 24, 25 years old. And we don't even like kids get tattoos, which are permanent, before they're 18 without parental consent. Why would we let a child decide to mutilate their body because of the way they feel? It's absolutely this whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. Stacy, how would you respond to these parents who say it should be our right to make that decision on behalf of our child? Texas should stay no, out of it. No, you have to do what's best, what's right for your child. And sometimes, what the best thing for your child is to refuse to do something that's going to cause them harm. And I'm sorry, mutilating their body before they even they don't even they can't even decide what they're going to wear in the mornings. They can't decide what, what college they're going to go to or what they're even going to major in. in college. How many how many kids change their majors? You know, I mean, you don't do a life altering permanent thing to your body as a child. The, the, the whole reason you're not allowed, you can't even drink until you're 21. You know, it's just you have to protect your children. And I think that a lot of these parents are mentally ill themselves and wanted to, like, what you told me all the saying, and want attention themselves. And 
but they do want to, hey, I have a transgender child. You know, look at me, look at me. You know, mm-hmm. aren't we the woke people? No, you have to do what's best for your child. And that is getting them the mental health that they need to figure out why they don't feel comfortable in their bodies or why they feel they're the wrong sex. And a lot of times they're going to find out that it has nothing to do with that, that they have underlying issues that they need to get help with. Stacy, thank you. We appreciate it. You have a good afternoon. And I think that was very well put in the in answering our caller Bree's question, uh, putting it in the same terms as would you give cancer treating medications to someone who just feels like they have cancer but hasn't been diagnosed? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 512-836-0590. You can call. You can text us. I haven't seen any reports out of the Texas Supreme Court characterizing the nature of the arguments back and forth today. Sometimes when the U.S. Supreme Court is hearing arguments on a big case, we'll get those kind of updates. Uh, As soon as we see something, we'll share it with you so we can give you a sense of how those arguments went today. Let's check in with Reese in Pflugerville on Mark and Melinda. Reese, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, I was just calling because I would suggest every parent that just watched the interview with Candace Owens. She did with a young lady who did the same procedure. Um, she changed, she totally changed from him, from him to a her. Okay. And, uh, she is 22 now, I believe. Yes. And totally, totally regrets it. Um, she expressed how, you know, when she did go, like the gentleman was saying earlier, she was following social media. And then, you know, she kept watching on stuff on social media and then felt like, okay, I, this is what I want to do. And then, you know, and then when she did go to the doctors, they did not even really question her. Mm. Um, they were just like, yeah, okay, we'll go ahead and get you ready and started her on the blockers, all that stuff. And now, you know, her, she, her private part is nothing like what they said it was going to be. Mm. Um, now she totally regrets that she can't have kids or a family, and she wished that uh, she had, you know, another, you know, a chance. Yes. But now she can't go back. So I just suggest everyone to watch that interview with their child and before they make this decision because, you know, it makes no sense. You know, back in the day with me, you know, girls used to dress like boys. That was a tomboy. It was okay. And then you grew out of it. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, everybody is, it's like everyone's saying, it's attention. Everybody is seeking attention. It is that and, power of suggestion is yes. what is going on. When you're hearing it time and time again, then you start to question yourself. And when this is happening at a young age, when they don't know themselves and they start questioning, of course, the next, you know, they think, oh, well, the next step has to be this. I'm questioning this. So I have to change my body completely and then I won't be questioning it. And if you hear it coming from a medical professional, it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. Reese, thank you so much. Have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. It's Mark and Melinda. And now back to the Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. In addition to that news about the Texas Supreme Court, we want to add uh, two other stories to the mix 
And you can give us your views at 512-836-0590. First, in Fort Worth, they are doing away with the traditional report card in the public schools in Fort Worth. No more ABCDF or 95s or 76s. They are going to something totally different, Melinda. Yeah, it's called the New Standards-Based Grading. And essentially what it is is levels of mastery. You are advanced, you are proficient, you're basic, you're below basic is what they're they're doing. They say that this really does just measure achievement. You're not you don't have any of the extra credit, you don't have any of the zeros. It's just achievement. Are you are you getting what I'm teaching or not? I'm not sure I'm convinced that this is the way to go. Um I think the parents are going to really struggle with this. They're so conditioned to seeing letter grades or 77 or 94 numerical grades, they may not understand if they're paying attention to report cards in the first place. Well, and I think that that's why this school district has decided to phase this out. They're doing something... um, This school year, then the following school year, it'll be a little bit different. And then I think it's two school years from now is when they're actually going to implement it. And the hopes are that you kind of start getting the parents on board with what this type of grading system looks like, what it shows your child is doing or not doing. And then they say that the two school years leading up to when they do a full implementation of it, they'll be getting the feedback from the teachers and from the parents. I'm just curious because they already said they're starting it at a certain time. What if the teachers and the parents come back and say, yeah, this isn't working either? I I have that same question, Melinda. The the, the leadership of the Fort Worth schools seems to have made up their minds. They're going to do this. And yet... They put out all of these phases of implementing this, and they keep saying, we'll seek feedback from parents and teachers. We'll make adjustments. But they're ready to go. They, they've made up their mind here. I don't, I don't see the explanation as to how this improves learning among the kids. Am I missing that? Well, no, this story itself doesn't. I went and looked up what exactly standard-based grading model is, and they've got tons of uh, research out there that kind of shows you that they compare and contrast the two together. They're saying the standards-based grading system focuses more on learning. Like you set a goal, you need to know this by this amount. Did you what were your students able to get there? Yes or no? Oh, they were? Well, that means they're proficient. Instead of let me test them to see if they have the knowledge. I don't know if this works or not. Right now, the, the grade system isn't working when you say you can't give anything less than a 50. So I don't know if this is going to be better. I'd love to hear from teachers, especially Do you think moving to this kind of grading system gets these kids to learn what they need to learn at the rate that they need to learn it as compared to what's what's going on now? 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts on that one. One more to add to the mix. And I think this is a far more important element 
than coming up with another grading system. A new report out this afternoon from the National Center for Education Statistics says the number of serious violent incidents in American public schools has skyrocketed in recent years. The most recent year they studied was 21-22, 70,000 serious violent incidents. And those are defined as rape, sexual assault, assault with a weapon, threat of an attack with a weapon, robbery with a weapon. 70,000 of those types of crimes occurred in that one school year in our American public schools. Yeah, when I was first reading this and I saw serious violent incidents, I was thinking about uh, a fight that we talked about earlier where you had a teacher that was injured during this or the fights that we've talked about on this. But no, they mean serious violent incidents. 70,000, the highest number ever recorded for these types of assaults on school we have a serious problem this goes on to say you know some people will blame the pandemic we can't stop it yes Uh, this was going on before the pandemic and it has just increased it's not the pandemic others are saying that it is because it's it's a result of the restorative justice system and that we have to stop that i couldn't agree more you cannot sit here and say this is on a base a case-by-case basis that we decide your discipline. If you are caught fighting, I don't care who you are, this is the discipline and you follow mm-hmm. through with it. If you are caught vaping, I don't care who you are, this is the the punishment and we follow through with it. Until we remove this cancer from our public schools, it doesn't matter what kind of new grading system you implement. Absolutely, you're correct. 512-836-0590. All right, Tina wants to weigh in on the Texas Supreme Court hearing on that new law. Uh, Tina, welcome. How are you this afternoon, Tina? I'm good. How are you? Very well. Thank you, Tina. Welcome. So um, this subject is really close to my heart. I have a niece. I don't have children of my own, and she's the closest thing I have to a child. Yes. And she is about to be 29, and she has a lot of really... She's a very shy child. You know, she's one of these kids that she didn't have a social life. She got stuck in her room watching videotapes, and then computer games came along, and then they started doing their school on the computer, and everything changed. And that didn't help her situation at all. And she's just never been very outgoing and very shy and quiet, never, no self-esteem, never felt like she fit in. And I am very liberal let me say typically um you know i have gay friends i have lesbian friends but this subject is very scary to me because like i worry kind of like the guy from leander that called in the high school guy yes um i think that my niece is is in this situation that he spoke of that um she doesn't have any self-esteem she doesn't, didn't have good at upbringing. She had no parental guidance. She's not in the church. Nothing. Nothing to help her know she's worthy. I have tried to do that, but clearly that didn't do it. And and then she got with a group at work, and a couple of them are transgender or going through the process, and she is now in a relationship with a guy transitioning to a girl, and it is just I just worry that she doesn't even know who she is, much less 
who she's supposed to be with. Um, and it, it really, I really do worry, especially in this world that these kids, the millennials on have grown up with, with the phones and the computers and the bullying and the meanness. And we had that, but we didn't have phones and Facebook and all that. And I worry that they are so isolated and kind of like the guy from Leander said, you know, it, it seems like a good idea all of a sudden because they fit in somewhere. And that's all they're really wanting. And I do worry that. I worry that for my niece. And if she's listening to this from Dallas, I'm in big trouble. But um, I just really do feel this is a bigger issue. Are, are, are you worried that she may conclude that she needs to have a gender transition? No, I don't think she does. Um, and her partner is identifying as a woman, hasn't gone through it because they don't have any money, um, and but has taken the hormones and things like that. But and they had a child. It's just a mess. I just don't, I don't get it, and I don't, I just want her to be happy, and I don't know that she's happy. I just think she settled because this seemed cool, and she finally found this little group of friends at work, and this was the cool thing to do at the moment. And is she going to feel this way her whole life? I don't know. I, I don't really know. And she's not in, I don't believe, a good relationship anymore. I don't think it's a solid, stable, healthy anything, no matter what sex the person is or what they want to be. Tina, have you tried I, to have conversations with her about this? I have. Um, How it, did those it's, go? Um, uh, she's not a big talker, so that alone was a problem. And when it first happened, I asked her some very tough questions. I was like, well, so have you been with a woman before? And, you know, and I don't care. And I was very, like, non-judgmental. Like, I don't care if you have. I just need to know. And I just want to know that you're doing what's best for you and that kind of thing. But she, And I asked her, so what does that make you? And she said, I guess by. Well, if you have to guess, <laughs> you don't know, mm -hmm. first of all. Mm -hmm. And that alone concerns me. And it, I, I just think it's gotten worse, but she really will not talk about it. She's, she's very hush-hush, and that's how she's always been her whole life. So it's like pulling teeth to get her to even open up about things. And I don't fight her on it because I want her to be able to come to me, and she has come to me for things. So I just want to pray and keep the doors open. Praying uh, is the best thing mm -hmm. right now, Tina. Thank you very much. You have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. We'll work in more of your comments coming up, including uh, that change in Fort Worth on grading. And this new report out today, a record number of serious violent incidents in our public schools. 512-836-0590. And now back to the Mark and Melinda Show, streaming live on the News Radio KLBJ app. Tigers here producing. It's 432. Let's go to Damon on KLBJ. Hi, Damon. Welcome. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon, um, sir. Before I talk about the grades, I just wanted to say all the stuff that is being talked about besides the grades. Uh, the penalties for being a poor parent have never been greater. I mean, if you're if you're not a good parent, uh, the things your kids will be exposed to is just awful. So there's there's a two cents on that for what it's worth. Got to show up. And but, and, uh, and even even if 
the parents are putting a hundred percent effort into it. It's still no a guarantee. very big challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a good got, point you're there. Fighting an uphill, it's an uphill battle. It yes, really I'm glad my kids are grown. Um, but on the grading thing, I found it interesting. Uh, as a kid in New Orleans, uh, our grading system in elementary school was E for excellent, S for satisfactory, and P for poor. That was it. That's the, that was your grades, and then a comment line from the teacher. But it, it seems like Fort Worth is just trying to obfuscate poor performance of, uh, of the student body. Because it's, it's, you know, when the categories are that big and loose, it's, it's hard to point a finger at anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, this version I have says it, it may be a one through five. You might see the number one in, let's say, in English. Uh, and it's meant to align with state standards. On education, five being the best. Yeah, uh, wow. the scale I see is four is advanced, three is proficient, two is basic, one's below basic. It, it so it only went to a three. Um, and how they would do it, I, I'm seeing here's a sample of it. Yeah. So let's say what? it's math. Can you define a number sentence? Uh, can they solve number sentences that have brackets? Can they find mm-hmm. the sum of a two-digit numbers? And then you get. A point apparently for that this will be teaching to the test like never before and um, you know, w- without hard guidelines uh, this is you know this is statistics and they're taking the numbers out of statistics so it will be really hard to judge the educational level kids are achieving that's just my thought well uh, Melinda got some text messages during the news break Yeah, it said um, Leander ISD has been doing this for a bit. Uh, They've been doing it from kindergarten to third grade. My understanding is this is going to be for all grades in Fort Worth. Yes. I mean, I can see that. I I think uh, what you described there as far as you got a P for poor or E for excellent, we did that when we were in uh, the first grades but moving forward i mean how do you explain your your basic right. in ninth grade your basic that, that's, in chemistry that fifth grade for us at fifth grade that nonsense stopped and it was you know a proportional mathematics scale zero to a hundred damon have a good afternoon thank sir you. thank you very much uh you got another text message from a family <laughs> Yeah, they said their kids would be sad to go to this grading system because they get money based on their grades oh every six weeks. <laughs> they, but they said it would be good for my wallet, though. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another one that's moving out of the district? Yeah, they said the district is is going towards this, and so they were going to look into changing to a private school. Let's go to Kelly in Waco. Mark and Melinda. Hello, Kelly. How are you today? Hi, good afternoon. I have a question about this uh, standard-based grading. I can kind of see it for younger kids, maybe, you know, kindergarten, first grade, second grade. But for secondary students, how will this translate for colleges to be able to compare those kids to other kids from other school districts? Very interesting question. When they uh, examine the transcript, for example, it will not align exactly. with most of the others. That's that's a good point. Good question. I don't see the answer to that in this story. 
Yeah. No, I don't. It's and I'm. To think about. It, it is something to think about. And I'm looking through this power school that kind of sets this up, uh, and it's got the pros and the cons. They said the pros of this are students are less worried about the grade and they're more engaged in in understanding. They have students have a clearer understanding of what they need to work on, and teachers have more accurate data on the students' abilities and challenges, and teachers can deliver feedback more consistently. They say the cons are the teachers may have more workload at the beginning of starting something like this and that students and families may resist from moving away. I'm still not really understanding what this is, except for it says teachers are allowed to better understand if if the kids are getting the material that they're giving them. It doesn't say how they're they're making that assessment, but teachers are assessing that okay yeah they've either really got it or they're not they're struggling to get it isn't that what filling out a test does and then you come back with that grade on there that says oh an f they're not getting it yes i would think so (laughs) anyway thanks thanks for taking my call kelly thank thank you you for listening in waco we appreciate it 512-836-0590 you can call you can text to join the conversation also today President Biden says he's made a decision. He's referring to what to do about the attack on the U.S. military base in Jordan that killed three members of the U.S. Army and injured more than 40. The president was leaving the White House to go to Florida for a political event in Florida. He stopped for a moment and talked to the news media, and he said, uh, yes, I have made up my mind, but he didn't give any details. He did again emphasize he is not seeking a wider war in the Middle East. He said, that is not what I want. We're still not hearing, though. What What is it you want, Mr. President? What do you want? Please spell it out. Yeah, and it was reported earlier this afternoon that he says he's not even sure if the response that he is going to go with, if that deters Iran in any way. Um then why would you do it? If the response that you're coming back with mm-hmm. doesn't deter them from continuing the strikes, then is it really the response you should be giving? I would say no. And he has a lot of evidence to look at leading up to this because his efforts to deter attacks on U.S. bases or shipping in the Red Sea have failed. The attacks have Continue. escalated both on the shipping and on U.S. bases in Iraq and Syria. So the approach he's been following is a failure. Yeah, I also saw that there was a U.S. official that told ABC News this afternoon that the response will be carried out over the course of several days, striking multiple targets. To me, that sounds a lot of the same where we've been carrying out these strikes, uh, but it really hasn't done anything to deter continuing strikes from them. And it really hasn't put a dent in anything. And again, it reminds me of uh, the Hootie saying, oh, well, we were given advance notice, so we moved our equipment elsewhere. Well, here we are saying, oh, we've come up with a response. What does that say? You've got warning Move your stuff again. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to hit your metal shed yeah. where you're storing all this stuff. Yeah. It, it's, it's not 
a strong it's not a strong response whatsoever and i know that he's probably trying to toe this line because he's hearing oh biden wanting to get us into a war i don't think a response to this necessarily means we're in a war it depends on how you respond well and iran has been at war with us for decades that's that's clear this has been going on since uh, the Islamic theocracy took power in Tehran. It ebbs and flows, mm-hmm. and it's, it's intensified now that Biden's been in office. Here are the numbers. You can weigh in with your thoughts. 512-836-0590. Sam, you're on KLBJ. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. You know, I, I, liken, I liken Biden and his, and his administrator's behavior akin to you know, uh, a, a scared person that's waving their hands in the air saying, please, I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with you. I think it makes us look weak. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a boxer flinching every time his opponent, you know, is throwing punches. To me, that's the Biden administration. Yeah, the, we talked about this yesterday. The word that you hear from Biden's advisors frequently is fear. We're afraid of creating a wider war. We're afraid of provoking Iran into doing more serious attacks. That's not the way yeah, to lead. Exclaiming, we don't want war, we don't want war. That looks weak. Yes. I, I agree with you, Sam. And so does, let me take a couple of days, and then I come out and say, oh, I finally decided what I want to do. Not sure if it'll deter them, but I decided what I wanted to do. Days after they killed Americans. That's witness. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's 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 just, it's all just a farce. I think this administration is just a one big gaslight after another. Thank you, Sam. You have a good afternoon. Here are the numbers: five one two eight three six zero five ninety. It's four forty two with Mark and Melinda. And now back to the Mark and Melinda show. Join the conversation at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. 445, we go to Mike on KLBJ. Good afternoon, Mike. Welcome. Uh, thank you. How are y'all doing? Very well, Mike. How are you doing? Great. Uh, great. Yeah, listen, uh, I've been alive a long time, and this is pathetic. Biden, he is the weakest president that I have seen in my life, even weaker than Carter, and that's saying something. You know, from the very beginning, with that disgraceful exit that we made, from Afghanistan, where we left all the people there that trusted us, we just left them hanging out to dry and, and let them uh, execute them. So it's, it's pathetic. He and his advisors view everything through a political lens, mm-hmm. and they're doing it again here. I think their main priority is not to do anything that they think will cost them more support among young voters. They believe they're losing support over supporting Israel and what's happening in Gaza. And now I think they're they're flinching and they're very worried that a strong response to Iran will cost them even more support. I think you're exactly right. And I think we need Reagan. I mean, I think we need Reagan to come in and just mop up on Iran because we're letting him get away with murder. There needs to be 
And I don't understand this line of thinking that we we may lose votes if we have a strong response. Again, I I said it a little bit earlier. I don't think a strong response necessarily means, okay, we're calling up all the troops. We're sending them over Mm -hmm. there. We're getting on the ground and here we go. We're starting a war again over there. Um, That's not what it means. If you have a strong enough response, it shows them We have more of this if you're willing to take the chance. And it puts it on them to say, oh, nope, we're not not willing to take the chance. I I agree. And may I make a personal comment? Um, Melinda, the uh, Austin Airwaves have needed a lady like you for a long time. And you're the best thing to hit Austin Radio since Mark and Ed. And I am really grateful. Um, Y'all, the three of you are doing a real public service to Austin by bringing common sense into the public dialogue. Oh, that is so kind of you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You I'll made sure. my day. I'll, I'll second your motion, Mike. I, I totally agree. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you. All right. Have a good one. 512-836-0590. There are an amazing number of very important stories these days affecting all of us. Mm-hmm. And this is the place to discuss them, to get up to date on those stories right here, 590 AM, 99.7 FM, from the presidential race to these huge stories overseas with foreign policy and national security to the border, to what's happening in our schools. We try to discuss all of the latest developments on all of those big stories every afternoon right here, 2 to 6. And we encourage and invite you to participate. We want to know what y'all think, too. Yes, that's what this is all about. 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text to join the conversation. So the uh, president left the White House having said, I've made up my mind Uh, The one thing I will tell you, I am not seeking a wider war in the Middle East. Do I have this right? He he left the White House and went to Florida to campaign? Yeah, for a campaign event in Florida. I have a response. Not going to tell you what it is, which, I mean, that that part doesn't bother me. I should have already responded. But you know what? I got a campaign to run in Florida, so I'll get back to you. That's what that looks like to me. It Again, it's just another weakness, another sign of weakness. Do you think Iran's over there, any of the hoodies that have been sending these strikes are over there going, oh, he said he came up with a response. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. No, they're not. Since Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th, there's been nothing but an expansion of the war in the Middle East. 160 attacks on U.S. military personnel in Iraq and Syria, multiple attacks on shipping in the Red Sea, all carried out, we're told, by Iran's proxy groups, funded and armed and directed by these groups. It has done nothing but widen up since Mm -hmm. October 7th. I'm not sure what he's referring to there. I, I can't help you out on that. I cannot get into the mind of a nor do I want to get into the mind of a Biden. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good place to be, is it? Uh, Robert is with us from Round Rock at 450. Mark and Melinda, good afternoon. How are you, Robert? I'm doing great, thank you. You know, one of the notes over the years is Iran is like a cancerous tumor that has caused instability in the Middle East. We should have had a plan 
the day after those, God bless them, those young service people were injured and killed. Uh, and, you know, when they had the uprising because a lady didn't have her, you know, her hair majid on right and, the, you know, the, the police knocked her in a coma, I would call for the free world to arm the resistance in Iran and the Iranian dissidents and literally cause a civil war in Iran to overthrow that hideous regime. That's all I have to say. Well, on your first part where you said we should have had a plan in place, especially when this administration was saying it's just a matter of time before mm-hmm. one of our service members are killed. Yeah, that's, un- that's unacceptable. I mean, you always, you know, you, you always have a plan A, you have a plan B, you have a plan C. You know, we always, you know, we have these plans in, in our daily lives. And so I, I don't understand why it's taken so long. It's, it's, it's unacceptable. Well, uh, Biden entered office, and his plan was to appease Iran. He thought he could get a deal on their nuclear weapons program and keep them from obtaining nuclear weapons by unfreezing billions of dollars, removing the sanctions on their oil exports, doing all of these positive, nice things, and they would reciprocate by becoming a civilized member of the modern world. And they're not civilized. No, they're not. He is such a misjudge of character, is he not? He does that time it, and time again. Anyway, it, it, it just upsets me that, you know, that we treat Iran like they're holy. You know, they, they beat people in comas. You know, the morality police, the, the judge just hung uh, a young man, 23 years old. I don't know his name, but, you know, he was part of that protest. A year ago. Uh, thank you for that call, Robert. Have a good one. Uh, yeah, the United States for decades has considered them uh, number one in terrorism. Iran's Islamic regime, number one in terrorism. So how do we turn around and, and try to appease them by giving them money? Zero sense. I, I know it's a carryover from the Obama administration who did the same thing. Biden's just doing what I guess he learned. Mm-hmm. It is a carryover in many ways. Ethan is with us in South Austin on KLBJ. How are you today, Ethan? I'm doing well. How are y'all? Very well, Ethan. What are your thoughts on all this? Well, uh, thanks for taking my call. I I see, see this as all part of just a general lack of sense of order with the Biden administration. And um, it's kind of, where there's there's no action disorder tends to foster to fester and if there's a sense of order with the biden administration it seems to be a very dystopian sense so that's kind of all i really wanted to say and see what you guys thought about that kind of festering disorder and the dystopian order that is being fostered here well they one way to look at it is they have completely misjudged uh, various elements in foreign policy, whether it's what would happen in Afghanistan if we leave the way Biden left to how the mullahs would react if you treat them nicely. To me, it is a sense of priorities are completely out of whack. They want to focus on things like these transgender sex changes and how that should be allowed. They want to focus on climate change 
change instead of focusing on making sure at all times our nation is secure and that means abroad as well what's going on there they don't have their focus it's not in the right place for sure and we're paying and the for it seems to be too if if we start talking about well what's reasonable here what's orderly what's the right thing to do then we end up going down a path that 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 really the democrats don't want to go down it leads down a trail of, well, what's, what's, what's orderly, what's right and wrong? And somehow that's the last thing that, um, that really the liberals want to, want to start thinking about. Ethan, thank you. Have a good afternoon, thank sir. You. All right, bye-bye. 512-836-0590. It requires a very clear-eyed, rational view of who you're facing, whether it's China, Russia, Iran. They now have a very deadly alliance, and they concluded immediately in the first days of the Biden administration that he's weak, and they have been advancing ever since that moment. Sadly, that was the right conclusion on their part. Yes. Uh, let's go to Don at 455 with Mark and Melinda. Don, good afternoon. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing fine. And yeah, Mark, you've been right on top of it. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but in 79, when the Ayatollah took over Ayatollah Khomeini, mm-hmm. the first thing that he did was he made a decree that you had 30 days to get rid of all your weapons that you had, all your firearms, and, and immediately the 31st day you would be executed if you were found with one. And, I mean, there were all uh, friends of mine that, that left that part. They said that there was all sorts of guns in the creeks, in the woods, just thrown on the side of the road um, because of that that decree. And in the Reagan administration, they did try, CIA did try to start a little uprising over there and brought a whole bunch of weapons. And the people didn't want to even touch them or even see it because they, they knew their little sister or their mom would turn them in, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the one thing that, that why you don't have an uprising over there, that people are upset, you know, stomping in the streets. But they're so afraid that anybody that sees you with a firearm can kill you right there on the spot. No no judge, no jury, no nothing, because that's the decree of the Supreme Alatoa, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so that's why the, the, the people are cowed down like they are, because they have no way to fight, period. Don, thank you, sir. Have a good afternoon. We appreciate it. Absolute total control. 512-836-0590. We'll get you up to date just ahead with the latest news. Fox and Rachel with Austin News and more to cover. It's Mark and Melinda right after the news on KLBJ. Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ.